So, Lucy, how's the book going? I did it! It's done! Yay! This is right for me, right for you, and we're definitely going to write a book this year. And we did! Yeah! Oh my goodness! Congratulations. Like, seriously, congratulations. Welcome to the Finished a Book Club. Yes, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's not really a club. It's it's not even really a state of being. It's just another stage in the book journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like the true finished form of any book is really just when you can no longer give edits of it to your publisher. But or it's the fir- it's a first draft finished and that is that was the goal in this year. So. Absolutely. I mean like I I'm really like I'm trying to both downplay it and play it up because on the one hand it's like yeah, it really is just the first step and it's maybe the hardest most time consuming part, but um no, every part of it is hard and time consuming. Like I'm totally <laughs> lying. And in different ways. <laughs> yeah, but it's still like it's still important and you can't do any of the rest of it unless you do this part and it's really valuable and important and we should feel really good about it. Um this was a hard year to do anything, like a hard year to 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 do anything. And having this to focus on, I know it really helped me. Yeah, it's interesting because we started this in April, which was right around when like the pandemic had already started, but we kind of thought it wasn't going to last as long as it did. Like, yeah, we sort of had expected that and it would be over in a couple weeks and uh, we were maybe starting to see that that wasn't going to be the case. But, uh, you know, it was not this year did not go as planned, even as planned by April. <laughs> yeah. And we had definitely been intending to do the podcast since like, this was an idea we had had since before the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. But it did end up being this interesting, like, mm, this just, I-, I don't know, like, it will always be linked to the pandemic in my brain. Like, I, yeah. I-, I- and-, and that should be, it's kind of stressful. But it's also kind of a nice thing is it's a reminder of like, even in this terrible isolating time this was a way that we it's like writing is also an isolating time Mm -hmm. and it was a and it like wow this really did kind of like help us stay kind of i don't know helped make it feel real make the thing that we were doing feel like something that had a beginning middle and end in the way that the quarantine doesn't (laughs) feel like that at all (laughs) But at this, I don't know, like, it, it, it works for me. Like, it's not an entirely bad association. There's something a little bit of like, yes, this is hard and isolating, but you will make it through it. And you will also be able to have some solidarity with the people who are struggling more and struggling less because at least everybody is experiencing some of the same things and can learn to, like, be more kind to each other about it. Which I I think is also interesting with writing, right? That we didn't have exactly the same problems. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I mean, just talking about the year in general, it was interesting for me because this, the story I ended up, you know, writing into the 
the book or manuscript or whatever of the year um, was based on a short story that I wrote in like the last live like term I had in school which oh, was boy. spring term yeah and so like one of the last things I did was you know turn in the final edits of that um that story and have it like you know peer reviewed and stuff in in a classroom setting and then you know final final edit of that and um yeah that it's weird cuz that class was one of those where we lost like our last week of the like we we basically just didn't go in finals week for what would have been the the you know final goodbye day um, yeah. so we didn't lose too much we still submitted things online it was fine and at the time it felt very much just like a precaution that was happening that was not really real yet they were just like oh yeah the school's just taking precautions and not having classes next week just you know to be sure that everything's okay and one of my finals did like a, a social distance thing where we split the whole the final period into like two rooms to take the final exam so that you could have like space on either side of you and one of the last things I did was have like a study session in the library which with, with a bunch of students in my with um in my accounting class and it was really fun but it was you know, I didn't really have a sense at that time that that was going to be like the last significant gathering I had with people. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, which is not even entirely true, but because we managed to do some stuff in the summer when it was much easier to like social distance outside and stuff and, and everything. But it still but... was like the last thing that felt like normal without that kind of precaution, without that level of of uh, of care and and planning. Yeah, and that term felt like excessively normal for me because on the one hand, I was taking classes that were. Um, it was kind of the last term where I was going to be able to take classes that weren't actually in my business major because I was going to finally have enough business requirements that I could just take solidly business classes and or at least solidly like major requirement classes. Yeah. And so but so that term I was taking like an English class and the writing class and then my accounting class. And it felt very like returned to normal in one sense because of the, the classes I were taking that kind of harkened back to my English degree. But also like I really kind of connected for the first time with classmates in my accounting class. And we, as we were all kind of muddling through this thing that not all of us were, you know, completely confident in. And, <laughs> um, and that was really fun. And I was like, oh, hey, I finally feel like I'm like making friends in the program and we were going to have a little study group. And then, of course, you know, everything, everything did a 180 and it was not at all what we were expecting. And it's not been a, well, I mean, it's been a bad year in many ways, but like my school experience has not been bad in that time really, but it's definitely been hard. And it has made, like you said, everything else, especially our writing goals, hard in different and unique ways. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to sort of come off of all of that and just be like, okay, you know, today's uh, the, the day that we're recording it, um, which is not the day it's coming out at all, but we're recording it on the last day of Hanukkah. And, you know, Christmas stuff is around the corner. And there's just this element of us needing to, like, try to find a way to celebrate finishing books, celebrate any other project, you know, for you finishing a term um, and and finishing the year. It's really hard to do that when so many of the simple things, which would just be to have everybody over and, you know, have a pizza and some beer, like we just can't do it. And a bigger celebration than that feels like both an exhausting, like, how do I even have the energy to plan 
to plan nice, normal holiday stuff just for me and, you know, the boys that, that I live with. Like, like, what do I do? It's really hard to do that. And I know that you decorated your house, you know, like you're, you guys are like doing a really good job of, of making it cheerful and fun and holiday-ish for you. But boy, it's a weird time to be trying to do that. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I definitely use decorating as the the reward for finishing my last final. I pretty much had it. And, you know, we set, since everything's remote, I could basically go from it to, like, eating lunch and then instantly decorating my house. And I just, like, grabbed all of the Christmas and Solstice stuff and just put it everywhere. And my roommate came home and there was, like, we'd gone from, you know, nothing and actually lingering, like, Halloween decorations to, like, a Christmas tree and a wreath on the door. And, like, me putting on ornaments on the tree. And, um, yeah, it was it was a good way to kind of make it feel like a transition had occurred because it's so easy, especially if you're, you've gone to doing stuff remotely and you're not used to that. It's so easy to feel like nothing ever changes. Like there's the joke that everybody feels like it's still March and it kind of does, especially now that we've come around to kind of colder weather again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I'm trying to do that to kind of, I don't know, make myself really feel the passage of time, I guess. and, And realize that it's, you know, now for me winter break and, um, yeah, trying to kind of like get as much enjoyment of that out of that as as is possible. Yeah, I think that writing the book for me was a way to this. I mean, like I, I've mentioned before that like I wrote it obsessively. I wrote it in a way that was definitely an escape. Hmm. You know, for better or for worse, right? On the one hand, uh, the thing I'm escaping from is something that isn't a problem that is my own doing. (laughs) So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's fine. Like, what is anybody going to do? Um, On the other, it's like, I definitely, like, it was just one more way to make the whole year feel really weird. I I did a lot of the writing, however, in summer, which was also the time that my book was set. Like, the, the whole book happens in, like, the first two weeks of June in 1998. Um, <laughs> so it's like, I got to escape to another time period, but it was also, like, the weather was warm and I kind of, you know, like, was feeling it. And by the time I finished in, in October, um, we had only just lost the hot weather. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it felt yeah. really appropriate. But <laughs> it's funny that you you say that. I realized I also wrote the bulk of my book during the time of year in which it takes place. Yeah, it's because, weird. Yeah, mine all takes place in a in like the first term of the new school year, which I might extend in editing to be the whole year. But that's it's a future Lucy's problem. But yes. yeah, it's kind of funny we both did that. Yeah, no, I wonder I wonder if that is a thing that we'll see pop up in the future or whether it's just like the strange synchronicity of this year. Mm. Yeah, but I definitely feel like, you know, I'm having a hard time like I don't have the energy to do some of the decorating and stuff that I would normally do. Like, I mean, we only really decorate for Halloween because that's that's how I roll. And we <laughs> didn't. Like, we just didn't this year. And, you know, to some extent, my house always looks like a haunted house because it's always full of coffins and skulls. Um, <laughs> like, it just is. That's what I like to decorate with that stuff. So, like, it didn't feel un-Halloween-y, but we also just didn't. We just didn't do it. And obviously, I don't decorate for Christmas because I don't celebrate Christmas, but like mm-hmm. we just didn't do anything. And um, you know, for the week of Hanukkah, it's a, it's over a week, but it's about a week of Hanukkah. I, I've been, you know, I do an illustration each day, and then in September, like was it what was it? 
September and October, I did those flower fairy drawings every day. So like, I found my own ways of like marking the passage of time. Mm -hmm. But they all feel very self imposed and artificial. Because it all and like, on the one hand, everything humans do that is not about <laughs> actually harvesting and processing food to the mark and like keeping your house warm and stuff like all of those sort of celebratory ritual things like they're all artificial that doesn't make them not important or real it just means that like yeah they are a thing a human being has to figure out on their own mm -hmm. but i think the self-determined nature of some of what i did this year left me feeling as i said like it a little bit isolated, but then sharing it with other people helps mitigate that. And that is, I don't know, that is the point of this podcast. We're writing alone because everyone writes alone. <laughs> but you can share that aloneness with somebody else with these check-ins and stuff. It's yeah. been really good. Yeah, and I, of course, did the the maybe worst decision for myself where instead of writing during summer, I decided to write during fall when my school was back i mean partially because of nanowrimo and i think i if i were to look back on most of my projects i will find that they happen during that month of november and usually are set in the fall <laughs> because <laughs> it's what writing means to you like i like that yeah um and i mean a good amount of them are also like set in school so that's not entirely unrelated you know yeah but yeah it's um I don't know. It's it's interesting to look back on because I definitely used it maybe not as a an escape in quite the same way, but it it became part of my routine pretty quickly and uh, I have to admit dropped out of my routine <laughs> equally quickly yeah. once the month was over, but um I did kind of have the fun little experience of last night during our writing night on Twitter, I decided that I was going to try to finish the manuscript because I was really close. Um, yeah, my heart was no... racing as I, I was like, oh, <laughs> she could do it. Can she do it? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So I got to kind of like share that with um, with other people on Twitter and stuff. And because even up to the end, I thought I wasn't going to make it because I was like, oh, there's so much more to do. And there is like there's a lot of plot lines that did not go anywhere. But part of the reason I had trouble finishing it I think during NaNoWriMo was that I wasn't sure where those plot lines were going to go because I hadn't properly like built them in throughout because I discovered them later on so they didn't really have a yeah. conclusion because they didn't really have a beginning <laughs> yeah because um, as we as I, we say like you do a lot of exploratory writing in a first draft which I mean so do I I just wasn't really writing exactly the first draft of this book I've written five times yeah. so like like this was the it was it is it is a rough slash first draft of this book it's just a book that it's like it's a refined one just because I've attempted it so many times. But for you, it's very much like you did a lot of exploratory writing this year. Yeah. And I mean, I always do that. And I mean, I think part of it is I always do that in NaNoWriMo. So next yeah. year, I have some ideas about how I might use that month a little bit differently. Like same amount of word goal, but I might focus it more on just like each day I have a specific thing I'm going to write about that's in the story, but it's not necessarily like... Ooh. in chronological narrative order, you know? Yeah, that's a really great idea. Yeah, and I mean, that's probably something to talk about next year as we gear up for November, but I feel like I just need to kind of adjust how this month is working for me because I don't know that it is serving the same purpose that it did when I was doing it when I was 20. And yeah. I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a different person. I'm a different writer. That's understandable. Um, they're... I don't know. I just need to. I feel like I'm just not getting as much like motivation and 
um, worth out of it as I used to. And I kind of want to figure out how to like make it work for me better. Yeah. Well, I think like it might be a good time for us to talk about what we're planning for next year a little bit. And and I think that we can integrate some discussion of like what the challenges we face, you know, like we've just, yeah. we've talked a lot about the major challenges from this year, right? <laughs> Were that this year was isolating and scary and stressful. And when people, you know, are getting sick and you don't know if you can avoid getting sick yourself because there's just, there's, there's no actual infrastructure built to help with that. Like, mm-hmm. that's a stressful, terrifying year. And we managed, we were both like really, really privileged and lucky that we could stay home. Like, mm-hmm. we, we could. Um, yeah. But even that meant, didn't mean never, ever leaving or never, ever coming into contact with somebody because somebody picked up your groceries. In my yeah. case, like, we, we pick up our own groceries and have to pick up prints and do all kinds of stuff. And like, it's just like a, that is a very big challenge. And then on top of it, we had the extra challenges of trying to write a book. And <laughs> that is always difficult. Um, and and I really do like that you are figuring out some things here about how you write and how do, and you're like, oh, I'm an adult, I can just accommodate how I work, instead of trying to fit myself into some random box that I've read about <laughs> that I'm supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, there's also the there really is a freedom to your schedule when you're in school that you do not have if you're in like a traditional nine to five job. And, you know, some of that is good and some of that is bad, or at least some of that is easy and some of that is hard. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's not really good or bad. Like it, it's, it was harder for me at first to adjust to all of the like self time management. I'm not really bad at that, but it was definitely a different change. Like instead of having like these finite five hours at home before, you know, I have to be asleep <laughs> um, every day after work, you know, it was like, I still kind of had those five hours, but I could have them wherever I wanted more or less like within reason. And that took some adjusting and then was even harder once, you know, it was remote. So I, I not only had those hours that I already had, but now I had, you know, I didn't have to worry about transportation. I didn't have to worry about like, you know, running to get lunch because I was, you know, my kitchen was two yards away. (laughs) (laughs) It was much different. And um, I really thought that it would be harder on me than it would. I've always thought that I couldn't work from home, that I would go crazy. But um, I actually kind of like it now at this point. Like I, I, I really miss the in-person classes. Don't get me wrong. But I kind of I like the ability to go from class straight to having lunch, straight to studying. It's really nice. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of when I lived on campus, I could essentially do that, right? Because it was like a 10 minute travel time instead of like a 30 minute travel time. And, you know, that doesn't sound, I guess, like the biggest difference, but it really does make a lot for planning your day. I mean, we also like live in the Pacific Northwest and are not used to being hours and hours away from anything. Yeah. Like, Like, if we lived in a big city, like an hour an hour is how long it takes to get from one end of the city to the other because that's how long it takes not because that's how far away it is and that's just like normal for a lot of people but for us it's not (laughs) we're used to be we're used to being able to like walk to most places and do all those things so like it's definitely interesting to to think around those like any commute time is commute time it doesn't matter if it's a really long or really short one it's still something you have to like plan around and find room for yeah, and it requires a, a different type of like wind down from too. Like it's harder to get home 
And, you know, maybe it was just like a 30, 40 minute bus ride, but you're usually not instantly going back to studying when you get home. You have to like, you know, maybe have a snack, you know, unwind a little before you you can get your brain over into that next thing. And yeah. so you're also, you know, losing that time when you're, um, or I guess gaining that time yeah, it, <laughs> when you're already home. Yeah, those transition phases. Mm -hmm. My version of this is weird because, I mean, I definitely usually travel a lot for uh, comic conventions because that's mm -hmm. like a huge chunk of my living. I didn't have that this year. It was super terrifying to not have that. Um, instead, our online sales actually sustained us, which is incredible. And I'm so grateful to everybody who bought things from my Etsy shop. But at the same time, that meant that instead of losing you know, a couple days out of every month as we gear up for the show, it's about a week. Like it takes about a week worth of time to get, you know, we we get everything inventoried and packed and inventory packaged and packed, and then we get to the convention center, get set up, do the convention, and then come home and do inventory. And that's like about a week out of every month. Mm -hmm. Um and then, like, having that time where it, it, I, it wasn't all just all this recovery time and this constant exhaustion from that, that is, you know, definitely gave me more time to work on other projects. But I was also stressed out in a whole other way during all this time because I wasn't sure if things were going to work out and be okay. So it's yeah. like a whole other level of stress. On the other hand, the thing about – um the you know the online store is that it means that we are packing and shipping stuff constantly and we don't i mean like i say we it's me and my two partners and like the three of us can kind of keep up with it and kind of not and we are doing our best but we don't have a shipping department we live in a very small place with all of our inventory just in the house with us. And it's very difficult to find like living space when you're constantly packaging things to ship out. So like we found a lot of challenges with that where it's like, okay, I traded one time consuming stressful job for another one. <laughs> <laughs> and both of them are both of them like added new challenge, like just both of those have a lot of challenges and a lot of challenges for somebody who's trying to have any kind of habits surrounding writing. Um, but I also like the plus side is that I found some sustainable writing habits for myself too. It's just that I had to accept that I these days really do write best from like 9pm to about two o'clock in the morning. Because that is the point at which I'm not on call for emails. Like I'm not mm. – there's no one can ask anything of me at that point. It's like the rest of my work that day is done, so I'm allowed to focus on writing. Even when I give myself a day where I say I'm going to focus on writing earlier, I tend to not really be able to until the – like later in the day unless I'm just on such a roll. Um and this was a little different. A couple of years ago, I, I was writing very early in the morning before conventions. I was able to do that. Um, but I also was just like not sleeping right at the time. Like I just <laughs> would wake up in a panic and whatever. So this was a way to deal with it. Definitely you're seeing that for me, writing is a way of dealing with a lot of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a somewhat anxious person. So I guess that goes together. Um, so like, okay, what are we doing next year? Like, we're talking about all this. I mean, like, there's things we can't plan for, obviously. Yeah. But there are things that we can try to plan for. Yeah. Um. I know that what I want to do is, you know, revise this book. Because 
usually when I've done projects in the past, they kind of get stuck in limbo after I finish the first draft. Uh, and usually it's because I need a little distance from it, which is sure. But then it, that distance becomes very long. And then by that time, I have to completely reread the whole thing. And then I have to like, that takes so long that I never get to actually working on it really. And then if I do, I feel like I have to completely rewrite it from scratch. And so then it just yeah. starts again. And yeah. I don't, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> no. This no. project. We're not letting that happen projects. this time. <laughs> I want to yeah. be done with something. We're breaking so, the cycle. Yeah, exactly. So I'm giving myself December off or the rest of December off and probably January. Um, but the, definitely February on next year, I want to start revising this adding things figuring out like how to insert the plot that i've kind of now come up with um you know and 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 refining that obviously so i have to kind of be thinking about that in the meantime but i really want to to work on making the draft i have into the next draft instead of feeling like i have to start all over again yeah and that's gonna be tricky um and while i'm doing that i really want to start at least researching agents or um publishers depending on you know what i'm i'm probably agents at this point i would like to try and get an agent first anyway um so that's kind of on my 2021 um goals i suppose is to start well to edit i would ideally like to come out of 2021 with a a manuscript i could send out to query if not having having already started that awesome I think that's a really good goal. And I think that like, you know, talking about agents and querying, like that's, it's really important. And you can definitely at least start um, making a list before you're really ready to send something out. Like it's always a good idea to just sort of like let that be something you're working on. Otherwise it becomes this really monumental task. It is the kind of task you're really good at <laughs> and not the kind of task I'm really good at. So it's oh, yeah. a good thing. I have, like, I have spreadsheets in mind. You have yeah. no idea. No, I, I do have an idea, but I <laughs> am very intimidated by your spreadsheets. It's a good thing that I don't have to find an agent because that happened Um for me. So like, I'm, I'm good on that. But I haven't sent her my manuscript yet. Mm. Even though I finished it in October. And there are several reasons for this. One of them is that I told her I was like, yay, somehow I finished a book. Sorry about that. Do you want to see it? It's drastically too long. And she definitely wrote back with a I no one at the office can even imagine reading a manuscript right now because we're <laughs> exhausted beyond belief. So maybe edit it and then send me the first 10,000 words and that we can do. And <laughs> I haven't done that yet because, of course, like the first 10,000 words are really important. And I see about where that is in my book. And I don't think it's a bad chunk to send, but it needs to be edited. I have not started editing my book. I do have feedback from a couple people that is in a little document. And I have like a list of scenes that need to be changed. And a couple of them are like, they're kind of big <laughs> like they're not changes that change the overall feel of the book but they're things that just cement a couple things to be a little bit better um like this is a book that has is about ghosts and it is about cooking and it is about friendship and it is about falling in love and i wrote a bunch of ghost scenes that all work really well right like for the book like they're fine but they don't integrate the cooking as much as they could. 
Mm. And there are two things I want to change to get that in there so that it doesn't feel quite as like it shouldn't like the fact that there's all this cooking stuff shouldn't feel as tacked on as it accidentally does. So this is me tipping my hand that, oh, no, this book will be a lot better on the edit than it was in the first draft. Because <laughs> I think it's important to talk about that. Like, it's really important to not act like it has to like nail everything and be perfect the first time through. So like, oh, I know yeah. that my manuscript has a couple things that really need to be addressed and it's just enough work because i'm kind of a dense writer so i'm gonna have to pick apart a bunch of stuff to get it to happen there's a scene that takes place in a dmv that needs to take place in a school auditorium now goodness what a change <laughs> um yeah i think sometimes <laughs> the better writer you are like on a paragraph level and stuff Sometimes the harder editing can be because you've really created yes. a very natural flow in your yeah. story. And then suddenly uh. you have to break that, like, intentionally. It's terrible. So that's, like, one of my really big challenges is that I need to look at this thing that feels kind of complete to me, but I know is drastically too long. And I have to just edit the crap out of it. I have to, like, rip things out. There are scenes and characters that are going to go. And, like, there are characters that I'm kind of attached to that just they didn't they didn't do enough and they took up space and they need to go and maybe need to be replaced with somebody else who does manage to be more important later. Like, there's just stuff that needs to be done in this book. And then, like, so my next steps, like, for next year, it's going to be start editing the book, spend a lot of time on the first 10,000 words, get those into my agent. And um, try to not be super freaked out and nervous about that and continue editing the rest of the thing until I hear back about what she thinks and feels about it. Um, <laughs> and that is like that is my main goal is to get this thing edited. And um, I'm not sure that it's going to be able to be sent out next year, like two editors. I think that my goal, I have tentatively will put that towards the end of the year, I would like for us to be doing that. But I happen to know that I have other projects that need attention, and it may be one of those things that, like, I may just not be able to do it. Um, I also, like, on on some level, it's nice for Lucy and I to be sort of synced up. Um, but on the other, it's just you can't predict that. Like, mm -hmm. you cannot predict whether, like, Lucy immediately get like, maybe Lucy edits the book and immediately gets a bite, and maybe I have to send it out for two years. Like, we don't know. <laughs> So, like, we're not going to sweat that too much, but we can talk about, like, each step as it happens. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it's almost better and more realistic if we're on different timelines, just because that, I mean, will most likely happen. And that's yes. how it goes. Like, there is no um, prescribed route that you go to get a book published. There's no specific number of time it will take. Yeah. It, there's, you know, some, some leeway in there once a publisher has decided to publish it. Because yeah. there's, you know, certain amounts of times that things usually take. But even then, like, they might not want to publish it in the upcoming year. They might want to hold off a little because there's something else too similar. Like, there's a lot of um, things at play there. So, like, I, yeah, at this, like, we could, we could definitely be online for finishing writing the first draft of something in this year. And, like, as far as editing a second draft next year, we could probably be at a, around the same and then we just, like, can't predict anything ever again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beyond that, it's nothing. Um, it does occur to me that one of my goals has to be getting you and other people in, like, my little immediate writing friend circle to actually read my book. Because I've read yours, but you have Oh, my mine. God. Give me your book, like, right now. <laughs> 
Like, give it to me. I'm so uncomfortable with having people read things that are so rough. I don't care. I know, I, I know don't you don't care. care. I just, I need to get it to you because I, I find that much more motivational and you can yes. help me figure out yes. how to insert all that plot that you know I want to put into Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, almost like, yeah, like like you did that for me all year. I can do that for you now. Also, like, I really like these characters and like I loved that short story so much and I, I definitely like yelled at you to do this. So like, please, please give it to me. I would like to read <laughs> I will, this. I will, I will. My um, other actual goal is to try and get that short story published and maybe work on getting other short stories published because I, I know that that is one route into getting agented and published is oh, having yeah. more writing credits and stuff that way. So that's kind of one of one of the things I want to be working on too. I think that's a great – I think that's a really, really good plan. Like – and it's interesting because for me, for me, the this the side thing that is not the side thing. The like, oh boy, working on picture book manuscripts is also just like a big chunk of my time, uh, and really matters. And I did a lot of that this year. Like, I, I did manage to do it, but writing a prose novel, it takes a different part of my brain, and I just really need to do that. And I think it's similar with short stories, even though they are prose. It really makes your brain think differently. Like you have to plan a little differently. You have to like your parameters are so different from a novel's parameters, um, but they help each other. Like it feeds each other. Short stories is writing to an ending in such a very definite way. And with a novel, there's a lot of the exploratory writing that you might do isn't necessarily writing to an ending, but you still need to do it in order to like live in that world and 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 make things happen. But for a short story, it's like there's no room for that. <laughs> yeah, short stories are their own type of difficult, and I I like them uh, because I love of the challenge stories. they present, but they're also very hard. <laughs> I I really love reading short stories. Like, yeah. I read obsessively, like, short story anthologies as a kid, um, and one of, you know, some of the best stuff I've read this year were short stories. I absolutely, absolutely love them. And um, you have had a short story published before, so I'm pretty sure you can do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I can, and I think it's something that uh, is a doable thing I can work on amongst the other stuff to maybe get like a closer or more immediate, like satisfaction reward thing in my brain. <laughs> it does. It, it is like just in every way, a quicker process than a novel. And that's nice. Yeah. And so as far as the podcast goes, uh, this is the end of season one. Yeah. And the last episode of the year, but we will be coming back in February next year and our format might change a little. We're kind of going to figure out what we want season two to look like. But um, we are taking January off just to kind of recover and, you know, make those decisions and just kind of play video games and maybe not think about stuff for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Just but a little. yeah, I think that um, there's a lot of things that we're sort of interested in changing up for next year. But just the fact that it's no longer about writing a book, it's about editing and querying a book. That's um, that's exciting. Like, that's mm -hmm. going to be really fun and uh, definitely stressful to share with everybody, but I think helpful. Like, I think it's good for people to know how much of the process is this. And it can take so many more – like, look, it can take years to edit and query a book. It doesn't have to be something we do in a year. And if we can't, that's not a failure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, we may find – like, both of us may find that in editing, we find problems that mean we have to, like, do more rewriting than we expected. 
I don't think, I don't anticipate that. Like, I don't think that's going to actually happen. But that is a thing that would be normal. Like, that could totally happen for people. You could get to the querying stage and realize, you know, and, and get editorial feedback that says you need to go back to the drawing board, but they're still interested. Like, a lot of crazy things can happen here. Um, and we're just sort of, I don't know, like, as much as I don't want some of those things to happen, I don't mind the idea that we might be able to share that process with other people because it is so easy to it's so easy to want to obfuscate this, to not want to admit that you've ever that you have like any obstacles in publishing, to feel like it just was smooth sailing and of course I'm a good writer and a good writer everybody likes their book the for the moment they look at it and there was never a problem. And I, I think it's nice to kind of get rid of some of that because boy it's actually that hard and everyone runs into all kinds of obstacles. It's really challenging. It's not something that you're either just super good at and everything goes perfectly or you're not qualified. Like it, It's really something that belongs to everybody. Everybody has stories to tell. Everybody can find a way to do it. And knowing more about this process and demystifying it. I don't know. I think that's really important. And it's definitely like why we're doing this. So the fact that we are moving on from writing a draft to getting that draft in a place where it can actually be sent out to agents or editors, I think that's pretty important. Yeah, I think there's so much in the life of a book that you don't really find out about unless you are going through the process yourself or you are, you know, on the other end of it, you know, like you're you're an editor or an agent or, you know, whatever that is. And I also like the idea of kind of demystifying that for people. And because I don't think it's necessarily like intentionally obscured. It's just, you know, a little more granular than you're maybe going to talk about in like writing craft books and stuff. And and so I think that that is uh, a thing I, I wish I knew more about before I got my degree. And I think I'm happy to to share with the world. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, Robin, I'll make you a deal. If you write for me, I'll write for you. Deal. Send me your manuscript. And happy writing, everybody. Bye.